With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Beyond the Fairways. With PGA Tour professional Jay Delsing and hosted by four-time Emmy Award-winning broadcaster Dan McLaughlin. Now, it's Beyond the Fairways. Welcome into Beyond the Fairways. I'm Dan McLaughlin. That's Jay Delsing. As always on this podcast, we provide you with big-name guests. And on this edition of Beyond the Fairways, we visit with Andy North. Three wins on the PGA Tour, but... Two out of the three U.S. Opens in 1978 and 1985. And in 1992, he joined ESPN as an on-course reporter. Now he's an analyst that you'll see all the time with the major events on tour. Jay, great to see you. Away we go, and I can't wait to visit with Andy North. Good to be with you as well. And two weeks in a row, we got gentlemen on that have won multiple U.S. Opens, Curtis back-to-back, Andy North. One of the things that comes to mind when I think of Andy North, besides I have such an affinity for this guy, he he helped me, he took me under his wing when I was greener than green on the PGA Tour and was so kind and beneficial to me. But the venues that he won on, Danny, Cherry Hills in the 70s and then Oakland Hills outside of Detroit in the 80s in 1985. And those venues, those are Beasts, Danny. Those are tough. This is a tough, hard-nosed, really strong mental player to win those championships. You think about him being involved in TV, that means he saw the prime of the career of Tiger Woods, the beginning in 1997, then the great run that he had, and then what we saw in the Masters. So I can't wait to ask him about what he thinks of Tiger and also the finish that we saw Phil Mickelson at the Masters too. Yeah, Danny, great stuff. I mean, look at what I mean. We have said on this podcast, it's arguably a bigger story what Phil did than John Rahm winning, which is absolutely crazy. But what I'm really excited to ask Andy about is a comparison between because Andy got to compete with Jack Nicholas in his prime, and so there's a lot of similarities there. And and uh, I can't wait to ask him stuff about Jack and about Tiger, uh, Live. You know, that's going to be a fun story and and Andy's been um he's a thoughtful guy. I love his style. You know, he 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 calls a spade a spade, but he's not overly in the weeds on dogging players all the time and and I like that. We'll have our innovations in golf segment on the podcast that will get into the potential of modified golf balls and the ideas to reduce the driving distance in the game. It's controversial, but we'll get into it. The tip segment will be about lag putting. The pros rarely three-putt inside of 40 feet. How does that happen? But they do almost a third of the time from outside of 60 feet. Lag putting, score breaker. We'll get into that. Betting segment will take us to the PGA Tour stop. This week, the PGA Tour will be at the Zurich Classic of New Orleans, a team event. Last year, Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantlay won the team event. They were the first-ever wire-to-wire winners. Up next, it's Andy North. This is Beyond the Fairways. 
Darty Business Solutions, our title sponsor, is a leader in our community in so many areas. Do they have over 2,500 teammates in over 30 states and three countries? Yes, they do. Are they the largest IT consultant firm in our area? Yes, they are. Are they the largest software developer in the region? Yes, they are. But here are a few more important things to know about Darty Business Solutions. They were the presenting sponsor of the Ascension Charity Classic. This is a community game changer. First of all, it builds diversity in the IT workforce. Hundreds of mostly African-American women are getting fifty dollars to $60,000 a year jobs right out of high school. That's right, right out of high school. Ron Darty, company founder, chaired the 2023 Heartball, which supported the local American Heart Association chapters and raised over $600,000 in one evening. These are just a few examples of the many things that Darty Business Solutions do for our community. Darty Business Solutions. It's time for the Beyond the Fairways Player Profile. Let's get back to Jay and Dan. The winner of two U.S. Opens, 1978-1985. And if you watch any golf, you're going to find Andy North on the telecast or working for ESPN. Hey, Andy, thanks for joining us. We certainly appreciate it. Well, it's a pleasure. Thank you. I can remember 1985 was my rookie year on the PGA Tour, and you win in the U.S. Open at Oakland Hills. That golf course, that event was absolutely a war, wasn't it? That place was a beast. Well, it's, it's always been a really difficult golf course, and they've they've gone through a remodel there over the last few years, and it's it's absolutely gorgeous. You know, it's always been a great major venue because of the difficulty, and you know, you stumble around, and no one no one ever plays great at places like that. It's about sort of finishing, and you know, that's kind of what it looked like. You know, it's like at the end of a NASCAR race. There's you know a whole bunch of people had a chance, and Somebody stuck their nose in front at the end, and that was how it happened. You know, Andy, you're so humble, but I got I played an open, and I, I have not done nearly as well as you have, but it takes such toughness and, and such mental strength, doesn't it, to not let the golf course completely overwhelm you and beat you to death. Well, I think the biggest thing there, knowing it, going in, you know it's going to be a tough week. I, I love those kind of conditions. I really enjoyed looking forward to playing at a U.S. Open. and I felt like I had a much better chance there than a lot of guys because I embraced it. You know, I used to love to walk through the locker room and guys about how deep the rough is or the greens are ridiculous or this or that. And you just walk through and, you know, kind of smile and move on. And, you know, because you felt like you had probably two-thirds of the guys beat before you even started. And to me, that was always fun. Andy, was interesting. We had Curtis Strange, also two-time winner of the U.S. Open on our podcast. And while he was close to winning a Masters, same thing as you, he said it was more important to win a U.S. Open because it is our national tournament and anybody can qualify. So it's not just being invited to the Masters, but also you look at the Open, anybody can win it. So was that more meaningful for you to win a pair of U.S. Opens as opposed to any other tournament that uh, is offered on the PGA Tour? Yeah, it was. I from the time you were a junior player, the USGA Junior was the most important tournament. Then as an amateur, the USAM was the most important tournament. I I always embraced USGA golf. I loved what they were trying to ask uh, out of a player. And to be your national champion is, you know, 
extra special. Andy, I don't think there was a day that went by when I was a little kid on this really lousy Muni golf course that I grew up with with my mom's clubs that I didn't have a putt to win the U.S. Open. It was always I wanted to be the best player in the U.S. Yeah, I think I, I can remember as a kid the same sort of deal that you'd be sitting in the, put, the putting green waiting for you know a ride home at night you're hitting five footers and this is when the u.s open to beat arnold this is when the u.s open to beat jack you know those are the kind of things that we all strive for and that was the tournament we all knew about because it was the, your national championship so andy growing up in wisconsin how did uh, a cold weather place and a cold weather guy wind up being a golfer that goes to florida become a, a all-american you have an incredible uh, career at florida and you're a hall of famer there but looking back on it how does a kid from wisconsin become one of the best golfers in the nation you know i think Growing up in a place where you didn't play, you know, every day all year long was a benefit. I think that, you know, you played other sports, you got away from the game, you you had a chance to grow as an athlete and a person, and not just as a golfer. Uh, and you know, as Jake knows, growing up where he did, that you know, you go and play golf when it's 48 degrees and it's windy and rainy and whatever, because it's the time you only have so many days in the year that you can. And I think that helped me. And you, you look back at some of the tournaments that I played well in, a lot of them were really bad weather. You know, you, you understood how to try to deal with it. And so many of our great bad weather players are guys that grew up in the north. I mean, you think about Watson, you think about Nicholas, you know, they, they weren't from Southern California or Florida. I think it was an advantage in some ways. Andy, I almost felt like it made us hardier because I can remember right around the fall time of the year on tour, the BC Open was kind of the first week we'd get cold weather. And I always loved putting that sweater on. And to your point, and this is a much lower level than the U.S. Open, but walking through that locker room, man, the guys were bitching a lot about it's too cold, the ball's not going to go anywhere, and I thought, bring it on, man. This These guys are going to roll over and die, and, and I have less people to try to beat. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that, you know, you can look at it, and I found it interesting when I did go to school at Florida, you'd have those days where fronts would go through, and it'd be 50 degrees, and Maybe the wind's blowing 15 or 20. It wasn't the most perfect day to go play golf. And a lot of the guys from down there didn't go play. You know, well, it was a cold day. It's going to be a nice day tomorrow. So why should we go do this? So I think all in all, it probably helped you mentally. It maybe made you a little bit tougher. Um, maybe it was easier to deal with those kind of conditions when you got them in a tournament. Uh, but all in all, you know, it was a great, great place to grow up. Andy, I, I look at the PGA Tour now, and I look at, and I mean, you were on tour for years and years before I even got on there, but I look at the way it was back in the middle 80s. I mean, other than really great golf being played, it, it doesn't really resemble much of the same stuff. I mean, you look at the a putting green, and it looks like you have villages camped out there now with all the tech and all of the, you know, the club manufacturers and just the, the boom in golf is just amazing to watch. Yeah, it's changed. Uh, it is it is called the same sport, but it's, it's so different. Uh, the equipment has changed dramatically. The agronomy has changed so dramatically. I mean, some of the fairways now are better than greens that, you know, we grew up in <laughs> on playing. Open Championship of St. Andrews, the last couple of times it's been there, the fairways literally were faster than the greens. So they're, they're able to do things now that the ball goes further, 
but at the same time, the, the fairways are cut in such a way that if you get the ball in the fairway, it's going to run another 30 or 40 yards. So, you know, there's been a lot of differences, but you still got to figure out how to get in the hole and you still have to be, you know, figure out how not to beat yourself. And these guys go about it a little bit differently, but they're awfully good at what they do. You know, Andy, one of the things that I can remember so vividly, my I think it was my rookie year on tour, I was over, we were playing the Anheuser-Busch Golf Classic in Williamsburg, Virginia, and you had your wife Susan and your two girls with you, and we were at the park. And you told me, the girls only want me to be here because of my wallet. And you were walking a little behind the girls. And I just remember some of the stories and the fondness of the intimacy of, of the tour. I remember the wives, because there weren't a lot of opportunities to have daycare and all of this developed, all of the developed things that they have on tour now where the wives were actually, you know, if, if you were having a good day or a good tournament, a lot of the wives would get together with your wife and say, hey, we'll watch the kids go out and, you know, see if you can, you know, catch a few holes and things like that. There was something really charming and for whatever reason, the word romantic comes into my mind, but I, I really loved that part of it. Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, when, and you started 12, 15 years after I did. The fact that so many people drove and the fancy hotels we stayed in were those horseshoe holiday inns with the swimming pool in the middle. <laughs> and there'd be there'd be 15 grills out going at night and kids running all over the place. Uh, you know, our kids were, I think, really lucky that they had their tour friends and they had their friends at home. You know, I think that was great. And as you're saying, people looked out after each other. I remember Lou Graham had his daughters are a little bit older than most of the kids in our generation and they decided they're going to babysit all these kids and they came up with this great idea that the two of them could babysit all these kids together and they had like 10 or 12 of them one day and you know basically they were tied to a chair when everybody got home you know, <laughs> kids took over uh, but it was you know it was, it was fun and it was a different environment than than it is now but you know i'm sure that these guys will look back 25 years from now and think, you know, that was pretty cool. We had a lot of great friends and whatever, but it's just different. You're fabulous on TV, and I wanted to compliment you on that. You, you have a calm demeanor. You teach the game. You're fair to the players. How did that all come about for you, starting with ESPN in 1992 uh, to becoming one of the top analysts that the, the sport has right now? Well, I think, first of all, none of us are trained for it. I was struggling physically in the the early 90s and I had a chance to work at Quad Cities. Gary Koch had fallen and broken his leg at the Canadian the week before. They were looking for somebody and I wasn't playing very well and stumbling around. They said, would you mind trying this? And I did it and you know, that was you know, that was kind of fun. They asked me to do it at the end of the year and I, I turned them down the first time because I thought I'd, I was going to have yet one more operation and go ahead and try to rehab and see if I come back and play. The next year, they asked again. We sat down and figured, what the heck? You know, can, I can go out there and maybe I can give my body a year off and give it a chance to heal up and try it and see what happens. And, you know, it's 32 years ago. So still, I still take, tell people I don't have any idea what's going on. But, you know, they put something <laughs> up on the, on the screen and you talk about it. I've always tried to be fair. I think that's the most important thing. I mean, everybody hits crummy shots. They're not trying to hit crummy shots explain maybe why it happened is way more important than just tell them that they're terrible. To me, it was, it's been always important that for me to bring information to the viewer, I have to have access to the players. And if 
if you rip them all the time, you're not going to have access to them. I think that part was important. I couldn't believe it. And you don't remember this, but I do. I was down in the U.S. Virgin Islands for the Paradise Jam. Wisconsin is playing in that. And for folks that don't know, it's a basketball tournament. And I look over, I'm doing the TV, and Wisconsin's on the floor, and I see Andy North. And I'm thinking, what is he doing calling college basketball as an analyst? So are you doing a lot of that, or how did that all come about? Well, I'm a fanatic Wisconsin fan and been around the program for 30, 40 years. Not just basketball, but you know, all the sports there have been really, really involved over the years. It's been a lot of fun. The same two guys, Matt LaPay and Mike Lucas, do both football and basketball for the Badgers. They've been the radio guys for literally 35 years. They do a fabulous job. There's always a, those, usually it's the Thanksgiving tournament that everybody goes to, Hawaii, Virgin Islands, wherever it might be that they're doing a basketball game on Saturday, usually the last football game of the season. I've filled in some years. I might do as many as five games, depending on the schedule. And some years I might do one or two, but it's, it's a lot of fun. I probably get a little carried away. I've gotten to know the refs by first. So when guys screw up, I make sure that people know that it was a horrible call by Ted Hillary or whoever it happened to be. <laughs> so, um, no, it's been it's been an awful lot of fun, and it's fun being around the kids. It helps you keep you younger. Andy and Jay, hold on for just a second. Want to tell our listeners about Roan. A lot of times for us guys, it's the pains of finding what to wear. It's uncomfortable, tight, never your size, always difficulty putting pieces together. Also, the hassle of changing clothes for all the different activities and things that we have in our lives. You want something that makes you feel good. Well, men's closets were due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to that challenge. Roan's Commuter Collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and flexible set of products known to man, and here is why. Roan helps you get ready for any occasion. I use it. My boys use it. Jay uses it. It's great. The Commuter Collection offers the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, and polos. You never have to worry about what to wear when you have the Roan Commuter Collection. Roan's comfortable four-way stretch fabric provides breathability. You get flexibility that leaves you free to enjoy what life throws your way from your commute to work to 18 holes of golf like I did yesterday. It's time to feel confident without the hassle with Roan's wrinkle release technology. And this is how it works. I went from work to the golf course yesterday and the wrinkles disappear as I stretch and wear the products and it's that easy. They also have gold fusion. Sometimes I go from the golf course to work and it's an anti-odor technology and you'll be smelling fresh and clean all day long. On top of that, Roan is 100% machine washable so you can ditch the dry cleaner altogether. So the Commuter Collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to Roan, and that's R-H-O-N-E dot com slash B-T-F. Use the promo code B-T-F, and you're going to save 20%. That's right, 20% off your entire order. 20% off your entire order when you head to Roan, R-H-O-N-E ne.com slash btf make sure you use that promo code btf for beyond the fairways and it's roan it's time to find your corner office comfort you keep mentioning fun and that is such a huge component for me too and i can remember we were playing in the byron nelson down in at las colinas and that golf course is one of the weirder courses we play because it's kind of a a compilation of four or five courses that have been thrown together over the years but you and I were out there playing one day and we played cross country golf 
from I think the seventh tee to over. And then I, I mean, we walked. I think one hole was probably two and a half miles long. We were hitting shots. You were showing me, and I just came off of that day with such an appreciation for what this game was. It it showed a different light. Here's a two-time U.S. Open champion showing me how to have fun in a practice round and also work on my game at the same time. Well, I think it has to be fun. You know, I mean, I think we've got a 12-year-old granddaughter now that's playing some of the travel volleyball and, and basketball and that kind of stuff. And it's it's fun to see those kids have fun and not you know, sometimes the parents at that level get a little squirrely and it's, you know, sometimes the coaching gets a little bit out of control. It's been fun to see her with some really good coaches that, you know, she's learned an awful lot. And, and it's and it is about fun. If you're not having fun doing this, what should you be doing? And I think so often you get in the grind of the tour and it's the same week after week after week. If you don't have some ways to, you know, practice differently or change up the routines or you know, some of those things, it really gets to be where it's work. And if once it gets to be where it's work, generally your performance doesn't uh, doesn't equate. Andy, you were on the, the coverage of the Masters. You're there every year. I don't know about you, and I'm sure it was the case for a lot of uh, average golf fans or those that are tied into it on a daily basis. And I'm going to ask you this. How tough was it to watch Tiger kind of stumble around the golf course, and you've seen him in his prime to seeing what's happening now? How tough was that for you to watch what happened with Tiger Woods? One, I think it's absolutely amazing what he's been able to do. Uh, I think people, it gets lost on some, what he has to do just to go out there and try to play golf. I really appreciate the level of uh, work that he's had to put in just to be able to walk around and, and be able to try to play. For him to make cuts at majors has been amazing. He's been so unlucky with the weather. Once it gets like it was there, he has no chance. But, I mean, a, a normal morning, if he's got a 10 o'clock tea time, he starts his rehab at 4 in the morning and, and working with the trainers to get him where his body just is going to work. You know, obviously his leg is a horrible problem, but he's, you know, you forget all the other things he's had happen. That he, You know, he's got to work on his back. He's got to work on his other knee. He's got to work on, you know, all this stuff just to get somewhat ready to play. It's hard to watch I think I actually said on air that, you know what, he's proved all he needs to prove that he doesn't need to go out there and try to finish this out in 40 degree rainy weather. And I was happy that he did decide not to, you know, you got to really appreciate the work and the pain and everything he's going through to try to at least go out there and compete. Now on the flip side, tied in with Tiger for so many years is Phil Mickelson. How impressive was that to watch at his age doing what he did at the Masters uh, very recently? It was just amazing for so many people to watch it. What was your opinion of seeing Phil? Phil has this amazing ability that he he drives in to, through gate three and goes at Magnolia Lane, and all of a sudden some clicks with him. You know, he's got so many great memories of that golf course. He still physically can get the ball around uh, lengthwise. He understands what he's trying to do. Short game fits exactly what you need to do there. But yet still, at 52 or 3, it's amazing how well he did play. But it's a place that I think he's going to be like Fred Couples. He'll play well there once in a while over the next 10 or 12 years, probably. Andy, in your position, you're supposed to be unbiased. But I am curious about this. Who's the player right now on the PGA Tour that privately, in your heart, in your mind, 
you'd love to watch him for the 18 holes. He catches your attention. He garners the attention of Andy North. Who, who is that player right now? I think there's a handful of them. I think the three guys at the top that were the favorites last week, Rory's fun to watch, Rom's fun to watch, Scheffler's fun to watch. They all do it a little bit differently. I love watching JT play because he, I think he works the ball as well as anybody that we've got right now. He spent a lot of time with Tiger, and Tiger basically told him that for to be a great player, you got to learn to hit some more shots. And he does. He's fun to watch on windy days. You know, there's a lot of different ways to do it. Jordan Spieth, another great week last week. He does it differently. It's fun to watch JT and Jordan hit wedges. You know, they're they're both really turned themselves into great wedge players. How hard Rom goes at it now, and how far Rory can hit it. There's some some weeks it works, and some weeks it doesn't, but it's still fun to watch them. Andy, for somebody that got to, to play against Jack in his prime and Arnold and, 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 and the great players of the game, a guy like Tiger comes out. He's not going to go down historically as the best player ever because Jack's going to have more majors and things like that. But there's a story to be told that how important it is to man- manage yourself off the golf course. But I don't think I ever have seen anyone like Tiger with more aces in his bag, so to speak, Andy, and his winning percentage. Have you thought much about that, comparing Tiger to Jack and, and some of their records and things like that? That's one question I get asked quite a bit about, you know, who is the best of these two? And my answer is, I don't know who is the best, but if they're playing across the street, I'd pay money to go watch them play. <laughs> yeah, same. And I would I, and I wouldn't do that for many others. And And if you look at their games, their history, it's very, very similar. I mean, they both came on tour and just dominated with length. And then people started catching up with them, and they were able to dominate other ways. Tiger's short game early in his career, much, much better than Jack's chipping, pitching, bunker shots. Because basically, Jack never had to do that. He hit it so far back then, and the courses weren't as, as long. And he basically had driver wedge. He's playing the game back in the 60s, very similar to how the young guys are playing now. You just you beat it out there a mile and you hit it on there with a wedge. Why, why chip and putt? Why have to chip and hit pitch shots? Because you never have them. Jack was an unbelievable tiger, unbelievable putter. Maybe the arguably the two best pressure putters we've ever had. They both were talked about couldn't drive their golf ball as well as they needed to, but both of them could when they needed to. You know, If they had to put in the fairway, they usually did some way jack figured in both both tiger and jack both figured out it might be a three wood it might be a two iron it doesn't matter i mean i i had the the great fortune of walking every single shot tiger hit at at hoy lake that year when he won the open championship where he hit one driver it's the greatest precision exhibition of golf i've ever seen to have played with jack and been around tiger so much they they're just different animals and i think both of them sort of ruined the expectations of the game for so many other players coming after him because the guy thought if he didn't win three or four times a year, he wasn't a very good player. Well, you know, you win once a year, you play 20 years, you're a Hall of Famer. It's it's hard to win out there. And when, when guys do it five, six, seven, eight times a year, that's ridiculous. The thing that stands out to me is they were at a, di- especially for me, they were at a def- different level mentally. They seemed to be able to, get into this mode mentally for, for Tiger, forget, cause I didn't get to watch Jack too. I got to play with him, but not 
in his prime. When watching Tiger, Andy, I felt like he'd seen this movie already. I felt like he had seen him, him do himself doing this before. And to me, the mental strength, especially with all the chaos that was going on in his personal life, was just amazing. You know, Tiger had a, a great person to study, and it was Jack. I, I truly believe if there'd have been somebody out in front of Jack that had won 25 majors, he'd have won 25 majors. I think that he would have done whatever it needed to be to get there. You know, where Tiger's kind of the same way that if he'd have stayed healthy during the last 10 or 12 years, I thought that he'd win 25 majors in 100 tournaments minimum when he got going. Uh, it was just so much fun to watch him play. And I think that those two guys are the two strongest mentally that I've seen. You know, a guy like a Watson or a Floyd or, you know, they were in that same kind of category that they could get in that space. But, you know, Tiger and Jack did it for 15 years. You know, there's been a lot of guys that could do it for one or two, but not many that could do it for any length over three or four years. Andy, with your time in, in TV, I'm curious about this, and you've seen the game change and how it's covered, and now players are getting mic'd up in the middle of rounds. We saw that at the Masters in your opinion, what can we do to advance television for the average fan to bring them into being the golf fan that never misses a round, always wants to watch, and innovations with television and how it's covered? Is there anything that you'd like to see or bring into the viewer for those that watch on TV? Well, I think I think we got to be careful not get to the get to the point where it turns into a circus. I thought the interviews were amazing, but I personally probably wouldn't have done it. You know, these kids look at things differently than we all did. I think one of the things in the last two or three years, and, and this is a little bit of a self-promotion, but I think it's been really great for game, and that's the PGA Tour Live and ESPN Plus where it's on. You can basically produce and direct whatever you want. You know, do I want to watch these holes? Do I want to watch this group? Do I want to watch like a, a regular uh, coverage of, you know, all the, all the groups and holes? So I think you, you can watch your favorite player hit at least two or three shots somewhere during the course of the day based on either on these, you know, the holes that they're covering or whatever. And I think that really has changed things that, you know, if, if a guy you want to watch is playing at 730 in the morning, it's going to be on. You can find, you know. He's going to be one of the featured groups. I think that's just been amazing. Andy and Jay, hold on for just a moment. We all know, all our listeners, Jay, Andy, myself, what it's like to shave. And sometimes it's uncomfortable. You have a cheap razor and you get the nicks, the cuts, and the irritation. Well, there's a razor out there that can help you. Henson Shaving. I use it. Jay uses it. We were talking about it the other day. Henson Shaving is a family-owned aerospace parts manufacturer that has made parts for the ISS, International Space Station, and Mars Rover, and now they are bringing precision engineering to your shaving experience. That's how deep they go into this. You know, razor blades are like diving boards. The longer the board, the more wobble. The more wobble, the more nicks, cuts, scrapes. A bad shave isn't a blade problem. It's an extension problem. And Henson razors have a secure and stable blade with a vibration-free shave, and it gets better. The razor has built-in channels to evacuate hair and cream, which makes clogging virtually impossible. It's awesome to use. We use this all the time. 
Henson Shaving wants the best razor, not the best razor business. They care about you. That means no plastic, no subscriptions, no proprietary blades, and the best shave you can possibly get. The Henson Razor works with standard dual-edge blades to give you that old-school shave with the benefits of new-school tech. Once you own a Henson Razor, it's only about $3 to $5 per year to replace the blades. Let me say that again, only about $3 to $5 per year to replace the blades. So it's time to say no to subscriptions and yes to a razor that'll last you a lifetime. Visit HensonShaving.com slash BTF to pick the razor for you. Use the promo code BTF. You'll get two years worth of blades free with your razor. Just make sure to add them to your cart. Again, that's 100 free blades when you head to HensonShaving.com slash BTF. And make sure you use that code BTF for Beyond the Fairways. It's Henson Shaving. I love that featured group option also. Andy, one of the things that dawns on me, especially compared, you know, there just wasn't any money and any attention in the game really back in yours and my generation. But these kids are all their own brands, you know, and they have these teams behind them where yoga instructors and cooks and, you know, social media specialists. And I, you know, I'd much rather have dinner with you in the back of some restaurant without taking a picture of my steak and just talk golf. But, (laughs) you know, it's just a different world now. You're starting to sound like an old guy. (laughs) I'm there, man. I'm there. Get off my lawn. it's it's, It's a, it's a completely different world. And, that's what it is. And these guys have embraced the social media world and because of they've been able to, you know, it's been very lucrative for them in a lot of ways, but it also can get guys in trouble if they're not careful. Um, you know, so you got to be careful on how you handle it. But at the same time, you, you got to love, you know, what they've been able to create and, you know, they, they're doing it well. And the top guys are, are, are terrific at it. I, I love Scotty Scheffler to death because you're a guy who's in the last two years has had amazing success. He's driving the same car he had in college. He's living in the same house he lived when he first started. Uh, he, he doesn't, I think, I think he has a flip phone. I'm not a hundred percent sure, <laughs> but I think he does. I've never seen a social post by him in any way. You know, he does business and plays golf and, you know, he's having a great time doing it. Andy, we'd be remiss if we didn't ask you about LIV and, and get your thoughts on what's happened with the game. Jay and I talk about it a lot in the fact that everybody is talking about golf. So in a way, that's a good thing. But uh, what are your thoughts on these players that have left the tour, the PGA Tour, and gone to LIV? Well, I think, first of all, the fact that this happened, I have not liked. But at the same time, it's probably been very beneficial to the ball players. You want to change businesses or companies you work for and you go to another place, that's great. That's your option. I mean, I think that if a guy wants to go play, I don't have a problem with that. I think that's uh, his his option to be able to do that. Uh, but once you do that, you can't come back and work for the same company you worked for before. I don't have a problem with them leaving. I have a problem with them thinking they should be able to come back and play tour events. Because of this, it's it's changed what they're doing on tour. And obviously it's going to be a whole bunch more money for the players. So, you know, I think it's probably a win-win in a lot of ways. Um, I'm not a big supporter of live, but that doesn't mean it's right, wrong or indifferent, you know? So, but once, once you make that decision, 
you're working for another company as far as I'm concerned. Hey, Andy, you've been so gracious with your time and, and the insight and the past, the present, and LIV and all these different things that we've thrown at you. We can't thank you enough. Love your work on television, and hopefully we catch up uh, sooner rather than later. Darty Business Solutions, our title sponsor, is a leader in our community in so many areas. Do they have over 2,500 teammates in over 30 states and three countries? Yes, they do. Are they the largest IT consultant firm in our area? Yes, they are. Are they the largest software developer in the region? Yes, they are. But here are a few more important things to know about Darty Business Solutions. They were the presenting sponsor of the Ascension Charity Classic. This is a community game changer. First of all, it builds diversity in the IT workforce. Hundreds of mostly African-American women are getting fifty dollars to $60,000 a year jobs right out of high school. That's right, right out of high school. Ron Darty, company founder, shared the 2023 Heartball, which supported the local American Heart Association chapters and raised over $600,000 in one evening. These are just a few examples of the many things that Darty Business Solutions do for our community. Darty Business Solutions. It's the breakdown. There it is. A win for the ages. It is better than most. The return to glory on Beyond the Fairways. Breaking down the interview with Andy North. Loved it. It was awesome. Hard not to smile, isn't it? Yes. You get to Danny, we love the game. We talk golf so much. We talk LIV. We we talk everything. And to get him on the show and just, you know, there's this calmness about this guy, right? He's salt of the earth, Midwestern guy up in Wisconsin, still lives there, loves his, him some Badgers. And I love the story about the, the basketball. I mean, he does anywhere between one and five games as a basketball analyst every year still. So I'm down in the Virgin Islands. I look to my right and there's Andy North calling college basketball. <laughs> but that shows you the versatility he has as a broadcaster. Yeah, absolutely. Really smart guy. You can tell he's he's a uh, a thoughtful guy. One of the things that uh, stuck out to me is just the way that he talked about watching who the young players that he likes to watch, the the JTs of the world. So, Danny, when we were doing the TV with Fox and we were at the Open at Shinnecock, I think in 2017 when Kepka won, I had JT the first two days, and I was watching he and his dad work on flighting the golf ball back then. And what Andy said today was that because of the friendship Tiger and JT have developed, the Tiger said, you want to be a great champion, you got to learn more shots. Yeah, I thought it was interesting what he said about Tiger. Nothing, nothing left to prove. And why go out there, continue to hurt yourself physically? You've done everything you can in the game of golf. You know, in a way, why continue to put your body through this? If anybody knows how difficult it is to make a cut in a major championship, just make a cut in a major championship. Andy doesn't. Andy's also a guy, he's extremely humble. He dealt with tons and tons of injuries and rehabs. I think at one point he talked about maybe having, I think he turned down going to the broadcast booth a year earlier because he decided, I'm going to have one more surgery. I'm going to rehab one more time because I still think I got a little game left in me. Last week it was Curtis Strange. This week it's Andy North. He talked about it in our open. And the fact that these guys have won two, so multiple U.S. Open champs, and how that is more meaningful to them than the PGA, the British Open. And to me, it's kind of shocking 
but even the masters, which is really cool. There's no mistaking how important it is growing up in this great country. We both support the military and all the things we so appreciate about living here and trying to be crowned your national champion for your country. It means a lot. And you know what else was interesting, Danny, is that he talked about some of the great champions in golf not coming from the warm weather states. Yes. The great Tom Watson, who we've had on the show. The great Jack Nicholas, who grew up in Ohio, who we're going to have on the show. Amazing how in his opinion, was they used that lousy weather to their advantage to become hardier, stronger mentally, and tougher. I loved what Tom Watson said about LIV. It's an exhibition. I love what Andy North had to say to kind of further the story, which is, look, if you want to leave, that's fine. But coming back and saying, like, nothing's happened, that's a problem. Now, he has mentioned the fact in the interview it's made everybody a lot of money so that's good for the players on tour but eh, not necessarily accepted to come back no exactly and i mean come on you can't have your cake and eat it too i mean i thought it was interesting the way he put it he said it's making people a lot of money he personally is not in favor of it he doesn't like it but he still has a, a, the overall perspective that it's probably a win-win for the game you know it's like hey you're working for another company Good luck to you. Yeah. But just don't come back and think you're going to get to work for this company, too. So we've had Lee Trevino, David Faraday, Curtis Strange last week. Some of the biggest names in golf, and this is another one, Andy North. Go back and check out our podcast. It's Beyond the Fairways. Up next, our innovations in golf segment on the podcast. We'll get into the potential of the modified golf ball to cut down on distance. And that's next. This is Beyond the Fairways. The world of golf is ever-evolving. It's time for Equipment and Innovations in Golf on Beyond the Fairways. Innovations in Golf segment on the podcast. That gets us into the potential of modified golf balls. The idea reducing the driving distance in the game on the PGA Tour. Boy, we can get into the weeds on this. It's so interesting. Where do you stand on this? My first thought is in what other sport do you tell the players you have to dial back? You know, you're not telling a young man, don't throw 100 miles an hour. You're not telling some of these stars in the NHL, don't shoot the puck hard. Right. You know, don't run faster in the NFL. Don't jump higher in the NBA. It, it's odd. It's odd because as Curtis uh, Strange said two weeks ago, he, his opinion is someone's going to be six foot ten with great hands that knows how to play the game and just crush the golf ball. So... The reason they're doing it, Danny, is to try to keep these great old venues relevant, right? It'd be really cool to have St. Andrews in the rotation for another 50, 60, 80 years. Pebble Beach the same way. And some of the some of the distance of the, the players and the golf ball are, are the players are hitting the golf ball are knocking these golf courses kind of out of relevancy. And what they're trying to do is bring that back. But in terms of stuff to unpack, Danny, where do you dial it back to? Do the high school players not get to play it? Do the mini tour players get to play it? What about college players? You know, they certainly want to play the same ball that the pros are playing. And then the manufacturers, this is the big deal because you know how, how Sue happy and litigious our country is. What do you do here, Danny? If you're the CEO of a major golf ball manufacturer oh. and they're going to tell you, uh, you've got millions of dollars on the line, this isn't going to be, it's not going to sit well with you. We are great fans of all sports. And one of the things that makes it great is comparing eras. So if you look back when guys played Pebble Beach or St. Andrews and now look at it today, 
that's what makes it fun. You know, you compare against Watson and Nicholas to the guys or, or what's happening today on these courses that changes uh, your thought process a little bit, too. It really does, Danny. And then as a player, you've got to revamp your entire exactly. game. Your 7-iron doesn't go 180 anymore. It goes 160. And you'll make those adjustments, but still, you don't want to. You don't want to. The ball's going to feel different. It's going to feel a little different on your 30-yard pitch. It's going to feel different on your chip shot around the green. It just will. Since we're talking tech, these guys are so defined in what they do with their tech on these golf balls, Danny. They they can dial this thing back on a clubhead speed basis. So at 120 miles an hour, when this ball gets struck with a driver, they can dial it back to only perform and go this amount of distance. But what's going to prevent the kids that are coming but from swinging at 130 miles an hour it wouldn't take long i wouldn't think and correct me if i'm wrong but a pro to adjust to this ball i mean you you go out you play it a little bit you figure it out the pros i don't think it would take that long to adjust no i agree with you they're not going to be happy about it yeah because i could tell you that the guys out there they don't like change they want to keep everything these are sock sorters danny these guys you know (laughs) these are guys that like that like that rote repetition let's keep doing this let's keep doing this and so no one's going to be happy but if you you change the rules of the game they're going to abide by it now most people don't know this but the majors are basically their own entity so augusta national could say this year guys we're playing and have a huge vat of golf balls there every single player in the field is playing this golf ball mm-hmm. augusta national could say that would they Ugh, I, I I just don't see it, but they certainly could. Well, you think about it, too. The sponsors that are tied into a player to play a particular ball, play a particular iron, what's on their hat, what's on their bag, that's going to change, too. And I, I don't think the players would say, no, 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 I'm not accepting that. I play this ball, and this is what I go with. Right, and how do you unravel that, right? So, I mean, so this manufacturer, when they dialed the ball back, it felt like, excellent, I can't, I can't stand that feel anymore. i got to go try a different ball. Or that'll, ha- that'll happen. And so this is a kerfuffle, man. These guys are going to be – their feathers can get ruffled. And then with so much money on the line – this we haven't heard the end of it, and I don't know where you draw the line and say, okay, when you're 18 years old, you start playing this, you know, modified golf ball. It, it's it's messy. So we'll go to our tip segment coming up: lag putting, the weekend warrior, the pros. How do they do it? That's next on Beyond the Fairways. Darty Business Solutions, our title sponsor, is a leader in our community in so many areas. Do they have over 2,500 teammates? In over 30 states and three countries? Yes, they do. Are they the largest IT consultant firm in our area? Yes, they are. Are they the largest software developer in the region? Yes, they are. But here are a few more important things to know about Darty Business Solutions. They were the presenting sponsor of the Ascension Charity Classic. This is a community game changer. First of all, it builds diversity in the IT workforce. Hundreds of mostly African-American women are getting fifty dollars to $60,000 a year jobs right out of high school. That's right, right out of high school. Ron Darty, company founder, chaired the 2023 Heartball, which supported the local American Heart Association chapters and raised over $600,000 in one evening. These are just a few examples of the many things that Darty Business Solutions do for our community. Darty Business Solutions. Have you ever wanted tips from a PGA pro? It's the tip segment on Beyond the Fairways with PGA professional Jay Delsing 
and four-time Emmy Award-winning broadcaster Dan McLaughlin. Tip segment on Beyond the Fairways, all about lag putting. The pros, I mentioned this earlier in the open, rarely three-putt inside of 40 feet, but do almost a third of the time from outside of 60 feet. Lag putting, Jaybird, it can be a score breaker for the weekend warrior or even the pro. 100%. One of the things I tell people, you want to lower your game, start from the green and work backwards. You and I have talked about this so often. So, first of all, you want to get better at at the game, eliminate your three putts or get them down to a minimum. And how do you do that? So, the PGA Tour players, their magic number is somewhere in that 50-60 range where they start three putting with some, some degree of regularity. For the weekend warrior, Danny, it moves way closer to the hole. We're going to go at 25 feet. And here's what you do. Get balls on that putting green and start feeling your distance, your speed from distance, 25, 30, 40 feet, because the weekend warrior is much likely, Danny, to have more of those on, on a round of golf than a tour player is. Sure. Of course. So you're going to get try to get used to your speed. But here's the key. Get in a five-foot circle around the hole and start working on your short putting so you can convert that par putt or that bogey putt and eliminate the three putts. And here's a great drill for you to work on. It's called the clock drill. We've mentioned it before, but it's well worth mentioning again. Folks, get three or four balls, put them in a circle around the hole, and start at two feet. Just two footers. Get up there, knock all three or four of those balls in, and then once you've completed that task, go out to three feet. Knock those three footers in, and then go to four. I recommend not going to five. It sounds simple. It's really difficult because here's the caveat. If you miss any of these putts, two footers, three footers, and then four footers, Danny, you got to start over. And what this I'd be there all day. I've been there all day, and it gets in your head. And what happens is this will help you with your concentration. So now all of a sudden, you're not going to take that text. You're not going to, you're going to start focusing on what you need to focus on. And this is how you eliminate your three putting right? Because you're able to convert those three and four and five footers for par. And once you practice this, this gives you confidence and it will help you eliminate the three putts and lower your scores. So lag putting is there. It's going to help your scores, but you're still trying to put it in the hole on that first putt. 100%, Danny. And that's where we got to tell people, you are not trying to lag this putt up. You're still trying to hold it. Now, do they go in very often from 40 feet? No. But you don't want to take your eye off of the off of the target as an archer would, whether he's 25 meters from the from the bullseye or 100 meters from the bullseye, he's still focusing on the smallest, sharpest target he can. And that's what we want to do with putting because our misses, Danny, will put us closer to the hole. How much can you get uh, in terms of lowering your score for the weekend warrior, many of those weekend warriors listening to our podcast, how much do you think it could drop a score with lag putting if you're very good at it? When you get to a handicap of 10 or higher, which the great majority of our friends that play golf are 10 or higher, you three putt between two and four times a day. This will help you eliminate half of those. So you're talking about lowering two shots a at day. Least. maybe. And then what about the momentum that that gives you when you knock those putts in and you, you stop three putting and then all of a sudden you find yourself on the four Fourteenth hole, instead of being ten over par, you're six over par. Right, it's a good feeling, and it and it's and it makes you want to play a little harder. Our betting segment coming up. 
will take us to the PGA Tour stop this week. That stop will be the Zurich Classic of New Orleans, a team event. Last year, Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantlay won the event. They were the first ever to go wire to wire, the winners of that event. Betting segment. Up next, Beyond the Fairways. Where do we find the best golfers in the world this week? It's time for the picks segment on Beyond the Fairways. PGA Tour stop. It's a team event, the Zurich Classic of New Orleans. And uh, if anybody's been following our podcast, we're making some people some money here. Danny, we have been hot. I mean, last <laughs> week I picked Jordan Spieth. Two weeks in a row, I think you had the winner. And so, uh, you know, if Jordan would have not lift one of those putts in, man, come on. He, he played great golf. He just pushed he just it a little could, right. Yeah, he just missed them both to the right. But, um, yeah, we've been we've been on a roll. And um, this this week in New Orleans is going to be fun. Danny, in the old days, they used to have the J.C. Penny Classic, which was a mixed team event. So uh, we PGA Tour players, we get to play with LPGA Tour players. And it was fun, Danny, because – Two of the four days you have a best ball competition, which is you just play your ball and your low score on the whole wins. But the other two days are this alternate shot. And I was long off the tee, but I was not that straight. And I would always <laughs> play with these really sweet, straight, short-hitting girls. And they'd pop this ball down the fairway, and I'd blast one out in the trees. And I'll, I'll never forget, I was playing with Penny Hamill. The first nine holes I hit two fairways. Yeah. And she said, do you think you could try to hit the ball in the fairway a little more often? <laughs> and I said, I'm trying. I'm it just trying. doesn't work like that for me some days. How does a team format work now in 2023? So it's the same way. Two of the four days, they do a best, a straight best ball event. The other two days, they do an alternate shot event. And that is really, you can really stress your partner out. If you're having a bad day with the driver or a little loose with some of your iron shots, you're going to look over at your partner and apologize because you're going to stick him in a bunker or stick him in the in the bushes somewhere. Uh, and and so it's interesting because you you have a bad nine holes, Danny, and that'll run you out of this. Sure. Event. How do you pick the teams? Well, they're mostly the guys are friends, but these guys have been competing against each other forever and ever, so they know each other well. But it's interesting because. Zurich does get a couple of special exemptions and our current and our reigning U.S. Open champion and the new defending champion at the Harbortown tournament is Matthew Fitzpatrick and he's playing with his brother. I think that's cool. Yeah, so it's very cool and it's a great story, but they're not going to win. Right. Because he's not a tour player and these other guys are. So, so sometimes you might have the same agent, you know, and they'll put you together or um, there's certain qualifications so you just can't pull anyone out of the crowd to uh, to get to play with you but these guys have been competing against each other since they've been 13 14 15 years old so they know each other's games probably pretty well as also does the intensity drop in something like this because you have a, a partner that can bail you out it's not certainly a major it's not one of those things where it's on your shoulders against the course against the other players you got a teammate intensity drop a little bit i think so i think it does just a little bit but you know these are these are uber competitive alpha dog man yeah. these and guys money. Are, yeah lots of money right so they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna give it their best shot and once the puck drops so to speak you know it's on so nobody wants to embarrass themselves nobody wants to you know fillet their partner and leave them out to dry over there so it'll still be intense the scoring is great and I think what's what's noteworthy, Danny, is to watch how 
low these guys go when they have a little security blanket like, oh, man, I'm playing against my, you know, for example, we love Max Homa yeah. and um, Colin Morikawa. I mean, that's how our favorites. You, how would you like to have Colin Morikawa as your partner go, well, you know, I do have, you know, two-time major champion Colin Morikawa uh, in my bag this week, so I feel pretty good about this. So that's our favorite, and we went with a couple of Canadians that'll team up as our dark horse. Yeah, we went with Nick Taylor and Adam Hadwig, and I know both of these guys, and I know that they're good buddies. And um, you know what's interesting is Canada is so golf crazy. Yes. They've got the entire country, Danny, pulling for these guys. And uh, I, I I remember when we uh, covered the Women's U.S. Open with Fox, and I got to meet Brooks Henderson, and I said, Brooks, I know you don't know me, and I just want to tell you, I mean, her name is Brooke. I said, Brooke, you know that there are so many Canadians that want you to win this week. And she just had a, a really nice smile. So I, I really uh, I, I like them as a dark horse and um, and hope they have a good week on the greens. They'll be right there. Well, we've had some great guests. David Faraday, Lee Trevino, Tom Watson. Last week, it was Curtis Strange. And this week, it's Andy North. This has been so much fun. Let's just do another one right now. (laughs) I'm looking forward to seeing what we come up with next week. This is Beyond the Fairways. That's Jay Delsing. I'm Dan McLaughlin. Wherever you get your podcasts, please support us, support our sponsors. And this has been Beyond the Fairways.